How's by you? Uh, the same. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Eh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance! Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. Hi, John. We're back. We're back. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So we've been gone for a couple of weeks because John's been busy. John has a life yes. and I don't. So <laughs> I was going to try to get some guest hosts, but they were out of town too. So oh. Um, and then next week I'm out of town, and then you're out of town. So it might be a little while before Dance Monkey Dance comes back after this couple weeks I think. wow so i don't know we'll have to discuss that off air when the next recording session is but yes we will not be coming back to you until the next decade that's right right we're done for the decade after this yes so um and i got a feeling i know what we're going to talk about today you do yeah okay and i don't know if it'll be the whole episode or not but yeah. Um we're probably going to spoil a, a a big major movie that's out right now. So if you're That's right. If you haven't seen the new Star Wars film. Oh, wait, I I thought we were talking about Cats. Yes. Um that's after Star Wars. Okay. Um you might want to turn this off and come back to it because we are going to spoil the shit out of it. That's right. Just be warned. If you've not seen it by now, tough titty. <laughs> and by now we mean three days after it opened, but you know, whatever. Um, so I guess my question to you is in a, um, in a short, um, version, what is your review of the film? I found it satisfying and fun. Okay. My, my, my thing is meh. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, <laughs> fanboy. No, but see, that's the thing. I'm not a fanboy because most of the fanboys are loving the film. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to like this film. I really went in hoping that J.J. Abrams was going to make a film that I could come out of and say, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a good ending. But it gave you so much Greg Grunberg. Come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Till he dies. <laughs> Until he dies. So he's a shitty pilot because he also flew a jetliner into a Yosemite. <laughs> uh, <the ocean. laughs> yeah, well, they shouldn't put him in charge of. Aircraft. No, they should not let him fly. Um, so I've been thinking about this since I saw the film. I saw it Friday morning, so I'm a couple of days removed, and I think that my problem with this film is that the characters are not likable. You think? I think there's they're not developed to the point that you really really care. No, there, there are so many of them. You I can't I can't identify with any of them. I'm not I'm not invested in their survival. Mm-hmm. Um the the biggest culprit is Ray for sure. Okay. But, uh, and maybe it's, it's the 21st century filmmaking that they're trying to cram in the star Wars mm-hmm. where they're writing the script and they're writing the dialogue and the jokes for the 21st century cinema. But it's a property that's based on 1930 serials and Lucas understood that because he wrote the original and he knew what he was trying to do. And I don't think that, that the people that are writing these new films are recapturing that spirit. Um, I thought most of the characters were obnoxious and tired, especially Poe. Like 
I didn't understand the whole like flirting with the girl. Yeah. Well, again, it was another character who's got all this build up and it's nothing more than a cameo. Right. I mean, was was Dominic Monaghan such a Star Wars fan that he had to be in the movie because he didn't really serve a purpose? Well, and 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 so I will say that the standout for me for this was this is probably the best I've ever seen John Boyega act. Okay. Um, I am not a big John Boyega fan. I think he's he's a terrible actor. He's an even worse producer. Um, the choices that he's made in other films as a producer have just shown that he does not have the skill to make creative choices in a film. And I think that that tends to, to edge towards his acting as well. Um, but this is the third film in a series where the main character of Ray runs away from her friends Mm -hmm. and she has, consistently done this she has disappeared she has gone away she has done whatever she can and that's like what makes the original star wars work is the friendship between the three main characters sure and this isn't that no and i think they even went to the bizarre end that both poe and finn like ray is that kind of what they were trying to get at what about what about poor Rose? So okay, my my other part of of why I don't really like this is it is is it seemed like J.J. Abrams coming late into the production process went on Reddit and looked at all the things that people were complaining about and made a huge mm-hmm. list and said we have to check all these off in order to keep everybody happy. You've got. Um, um like so the the chewy metal thing is was a strange choice to include because that's been covered before in like comic books right that yes he did get a medal just wasn't presented at the time right but it was it was presented at the MTV movie awards well not just that but like in the comic books it's it's shown that like after everybody leaves, they hand him a medal. Right. So I was like, okay, that's a weird thing. But then like, there's all this other stuff stuff that like, like they call out the 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 Holdo maneuver from the Last Jedi, and how that was a one in a million idea that they can't use that again, mm-hmm. because everybody was like, well, why don't you just use that anytime you come up a big against a big fleet of ships? You just have somebody sacrifice their life in order to do it. Right. Um, they they showed the, the Leia Jedi training thing in order to be like, well, this is why she was able to fly through space last time. Yeah, and you notice that in space, apparently there's now atmosphere. Well, which part are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about her. I'm talking about being on top of the... Uh... The Star Destroyers? <sighs> The Star Destroyer at the end. Well, I think that was supposed to be within the atmosphere of the planet. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I think I think that that the um, the whole thing with them having to destroy the antennas is that um, in order to break the orbit to get out into space, they need these antennas to synchronize all the Star Destroyers for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I. There were parts of this movie that I really enjoyed. There are parts okay. that I laughed at. There are parts that I cried at, and then most of it was, "What the fuck?" Hmm. Okay. And I just I don't understand. I knew I was in trouble from the first line of the crawl. The the crawl to me sounded seemed off. It was, you know what it seemed like? It seemed like a Clone Wars cartoon episode voiceover. Yeah. That they tried to do, but in a written form. Mm hmm. Because it was like, the dead speak. And like, I could hear the guy from the Clone, Tor- the Clone Wars cartoon in my head as I was reading it. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. Mm hmm. 
Um, I don't know. I I didn't buy Ray being a Palpatine. Well, and that confused me too because he they said that it was Palpatine's daughter, son, Palpatine's son, and Vader's daughter. No. So, okay. So basically, the way that they've now written this is that Ray and Kylo are two halves of one force being. Okay. Like a a a dietin or that they had some special name for it. Um mm. and um basically because Palpatine had a son who had Ray mm-hmm. and the Emperor used the Midichlorians to create Anakin where Princess Leia comes from and then uh, Kylo they somehow were connected which is like no other kind of thing we've ever heard about before with the force and then Leia is now her Jedi master and she's training Rey to be a Jedi there was just a whole bunch of shit that I was like this seems like they're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Mm, okay. I like, I, I know everybody's screaming about Mary Sue and the whole thing with Ray being really good. And, and if you want to believe she was reading the texts and she got farther than Luke ever did, whatever. But like, it really felt like JJ was writing stuff because he wanted some cool shots in his film. Well, Sure. So, I mean, a lot of the film does look like it's it's ripe for another theme park attraction. Oh God! See, and that's that's a big problem for me is that it felt like a video game at times. Yeah, they were going on side quests when they didn't need to. If you look at any of the other Star Wars films between one and six, if you look at the original three how many locations does the first movie take place at Tatooine, the death star Yavin four. Mm-hmm. Where does empire take place? Hoth, Bespin and Dagobah. The third film is Tatooine and the forest moon of Endor and the death mm-hmm. star. So they're always right. within like three things. These people were going all over the place because they could like, that's just what it felt like. It's like, oh, and then we're going to go here, and then we're going to go here, and then we're going to go here. And it's like, can you concentrate on the story? Which they weren't doing. And and from everything that I've read was there were reshoots really late in the game that really like took a lot of Luke Skywalker out of this film. Apparently okay. he was supposed to be in it way more than he was. Okay. Um, he was actually supposed to come back as a force ghost and help Ray against Palpatine mm-hmm. at the end. Um, you know, I felt like they missed an opportunity. I'm glad they got all the voices to come back and help Ray. Right. Where you heard Anakin and, and, um, Ahsoka Tano and, um, Mace Windu and Yoda and Obi-Wan and all these people were kind of there to help her. But at the end, when she's on the the Lars farm mm-hmm. and she sees Luke and Leia, there should have been a whole shitload more people there. Sure. I mean, I think they should have thrown Bob Newhart in there. <laughs> you know, get every force ghost, you know. Yeah, there you go. I just I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I feel like a lot of this was a missed opportunity. Well, I would disagree because I, unlike other JJ Abrams finales. (laughs) Yeah. This one actually left me satisfied. It was like, Oh, okay, good. This is a nice way to say goodbye. I'm surprised that I avoided all the spoilers because I was surprised when, um, Harrison Ford showed up. Right. Which most people feel 
was meant to be Carrie Fisher. You still there? John? <laughs> John? John? Hello? Hello, there you are. Oh, there you are. Okay. Uh, yes, because I kind of felt that was the plan they wanted to go when, and then they had to do the, the body double lying in the bed and... Yeah, so her death no. is a little strange. It's she knows she's got to project herself, which she knows will end her life, to contact Kylo. And all you really get is is her voice saying Ben, which kind of stops him in his tracks, I guess. Right. And then she dies. Mm-hmm. But so I really feel like she was meant to be there to talk him to the light side. And once she was gone, they were like, well, what the hell do we do? And so like JJ called up Harrison Ford and said, can you be there for a day? Give me a day and we'll back the money truck up to your house again (laughs) and we'll be done. And I felt like Harrison did it for Carrie, but you know, it's, I I want I I really wanted to like this film. I really did. Um and I I really felt that there were genuinely funny good parts to this. I liked when they brought the Falcon back and it was on fire. And um they start arguing about I because Ray drops the tree on BB-8. Right? And then he's like, what'd you do to my, my droid? And she's like, what'd you do to my ship? And like that bickering was fun. And I was like, okay, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. And then it's like, well, I have to do this on my own. And then Ray just became this total like sad sack. And I was like, uh, okay, I guess we're going to have to suffer through this for two and a half hours. But you could really see the bickering between J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. As if J.J. was like, okay, we're going to skip over most of what Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the point where she's she's burning the ship on Octo. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> she throws the lightsaber. And yes. Luke catches it. And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't really throw your lightsaber. It's like, oh, what are you doing? As if he was saying to Ryan Johnson, he was like, stupidest thing you could ever have done is have him throw that lightsaber behind him. Right. So, yeah. There's just so many parts. The, the, I got, I got goosebumps a couple of times, which like I said, I didn't totally hate this film. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it was as good as it could have been. Okay. And I don't know whether or not that's, Lucasfilm's problem if that's Disney's problem if it's too many hands in the kitchen if it what I don't know what where it felt like it went off the rails but uh, I don't know and I've seen a bunch of people online that are like well JJ did the best with what he could so like I'm satisfied with it and it was like but he didn't like he could have done much better could have been even if they had to push it back a year right because like the Colin Trevorrow dropping out put them in a bad place let's not stick with with release dates let's come out and say we want to give you the best the best experience we can um so we're going to hold this off for a year Mm -hmm. because all the plans now are all, all up in the air anyway so who cares you know, they're not trying to hit release dates anymore because they're n- apparently not going to do trilogies now. Right. So, I don't know. There was just a whole bunch of stuff in this where I was like, okay, we're listening to all the criticism of all the fanboys and we're going to try to make them happy. Right. To sell tickets, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm <clears> not <throat> sure what their thing is now. <clears throat> okay. I mean, I felt like I even felt like Palpatine was 
um, shoehorned into this because they needed a big bad guy after Ryan Johnson killed Snoke. Yeah. It, it, it felt weird. And he was like on life support on that big crane that was dragging him around. Yeah, and... Like being, he was being held up by like his head. Yeah. And he, his body was just kind of like, just like hanging limp. There. Yeah. But, and he could, he could like use his hands, but there were like half fingers and stuff. Right. And he didn't really have his eyes. And I was like, okay. And the things that you want to know about, like he's like, oh, I created Snoke. And there's a big vat of like. Of Snoke parts. Of Snoke parts. And you're like, oh, okay, come on. Explain that. Nope. Nope. Look, I'm every voice that you ever heard in your head. Well, why don't you do some flashbacks of like him first being tempted by the dark side or like with, with um, Ben and like show the progression of it instead of just like this weird voiceover. And you're just going to have to accept that we're not going to explain any of this shit to you. It's very, it, that, that part's very JJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. The whole, you don't have to solve every mystery. <sighs> okay. But instead, they're going to tell you that that Ray is somehow the offspring of Palpatine's son, who they've never mentioned before. And is it really his son, or is it something that he created? See, that's the thing. Where is his wife? When did he have time for a relationship? What is going right. on? Like, no, they've never shown him, like. So, having a family life? Yeah, having a family life. You know, life. carving the turkey at Thanksgiving. That's and... right, a life day? Yes. I don't know. It was... It it left more questions. And I've also seen people that are like, oh, well, you know, J.J. Abrams said he wasn't going to remake Return of the Jedi. But this is kind of a remake of Return of the Jedi. I thought it was even closer to Empire. Really? Yeah, kind of felt that way. Well, because like you go back to Endor and like there's that shot of Wicket at the end. Mm -hmm. Warwick Davis. Yep. Hardest working man in show business. Yep. Which is funny because they kind of spoil. So like I tried really hard not to watch or read anything leading up to the release of this. And I went right. back yesterday and I was watching one of the videos that, um, star Wars.com had put out on YouTube about like family or friendship or one of those things. And there is a shot of Warwick Davis half in the Ewok costume, staring at the head of the grown up wicket. And I was like, Oh wow. They spoiled that like a couple weeks in advance. Yeah. But, and I think that's another thing, like they want you to feel all this stuff in the trailers and then they also want you to feel like you're not getting spoiled, but like when they did the thing where the ship blows up and you think that Chewbacca's on it Uh huh. and everybody's like, Oh, Chewie's dead. In my mind, I'm going, they didn't go to Endor yet and Chewie's in those shots. Right. In the trailer. So either they fucked up the trailer and put him in there to make you not know, or right. he's not dead. And lo and behold, he's not dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess what it comes down to, like I said before, I don't like the characters. And the only time that I feel like this works is when the original characters are in the mix. So this served the dual purpose of showing you the characters you wanted and wrapping up their stories and then trying to bring, you know, your kids generation into the fandom, I guess. But aside from Ray, there's not really a lot of, um, I guess opportunities for that. For what? For, Keeping your interest going. 
instead of, you know, and maybe it, if, I don't know, if it, at the end of this, somebody got a secret message or something and, you know, they had to go off on another adventure. But do we really care what happened to Rose or Finn for that matter? I think I, I kind of feel like they were trying to set up a different adventure with Finn, with him meeting up with the other stormtroopers. Yes. Um, I feel like, first of all, I feel like even though JJ Abrams stood up for, um, Rose Kelly, what's her name? Kelly Tran, Kelly Marie Tran. Okay. So I like him standing up for her and being like, you know, she was great. I'm so glad that I got to work with her. She's basically a cameo. She's in, oh, yeah. she's in like five scenes. She's a token. And she's, <laughs> she's the diversity quota. I'm going to stay behind and help the general. Okay. That means that they don't want you in the forefront of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that with a lot of characters of like, Hey, remember Maz Kanata? Yeah, well, she's kind of working with the resistance, but you're not going to get to see a whole lot of her. Right. And she was like one of the things in The Force Awakens where you're like, wow, I want to know more about this character. Uh-huh. Nope. Nope. We're never going to find out how she found Luke's lightsaber. We're never going to find out. Like, I mean, she was a real cameo in the, in the Last Jedi. I mean, she shows up once in a hologram and then you never see her again. Mm-hmm. And now you get her for a couple of minutes here and then she's gone. And her voice didn't sound right. No, I didn't feel it didn't sound as heavily accented. Oh, maybe not. Maybe they were trying it's... to pull away from, you know, stereotypes. <laughs> um, But I mean, when Leia's on screen and, and I will give it to the effects, like the effects are incredible in this film. The the roto work of cutting out Leia and putting her into scenes was flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they said they weren't going to make a CG recreation of her, they, they did. did for the flashback scene. Yep. Um. So I mean, all of that looked great. They they learned from their mistakes in Rogue One, and they didn't have the the CG people speak like it was just kind of a, like a smile and a nod of like, yes, I beat you. So like, you know, um, but writing around her, her acting was so strong that, that her scenes are memorable. Mm-hmm. Han Solo coming back is memorable. in the fact that like, like you thought he was going to be done. Luke is actually spouting like, decent advice and pushing Ray towards her destiny. And like, you're like, okay, I can get all behind this. And then you get the new characters trying to be funny. Yeah. And I, it doesn't, it doesn't work together. I think there's a definite lack of chemistry. And that's weird because like when you see these actors together outside, they've got crazy chemistry together. Yeah. Yeah. They're like old friends. Yeah. They've known each other forever. And you would think that. But the writing doesn't capture that. No, not at all. And maybe that's just a trope of Star Wars writing because like, like these are Star Wars movies are movies that made Samuel L. Jackson seem wooden. Sure. And, and, um, oh, what's her Natalie Portman mm-hmm. didn't seem like a good actress when she was acting in Star Wars films. Right. So there is a long history of that, but at least in those movies, there were characters that you could relate to and identify with <laughs> and kind of like see through the eyes of, and I just don't see it with these new characters. I just, I felt like there was just too many weird things in this. Well, maybe this was just the opportunity to wrap everything up and go in a completely different direction. Well, maybe I, we're not going to see Ray and Finn and Poe again. I would hope not. 
Because they didn't make you care enough about them. No. And, you know, before before the movie came out, and I will I will restate that I think that this was the best I've ever seen John Boyega mm-hmm. act. They asked him in an interview about con- doing a continuing adventure of Finn. And his reaction was, well, they're not going to Disney plus me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to, you're not going to see me on Disney plus. I'm not going to wind up in one of those shows. If they want me, I'm going to be in a, in a feature. And mm-hmm. it was like, motherfucker, you are not a strong enough actor to make those demands. Right. So what you're saying is that Ewan McGregor isn't, is somehow like the lowering same, like, himself a lesser actor. Yes. Because he's going to be in a Disney plus show. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like you're lucky you got star Wars to begin with. Right. So I, I don't know. It's, I don't think, I think we're kind of done with these characters and I think that's mm-hmm. for the best. Um, I truly believe that, the future of Disney is probably going to be on or not the future of Disney. The future of star Wars will be, be in television. Mm-hmm. The, the work that they've done in the clone wars cartoons and the Mandalorian and those types of shows seem like it's a better storytelling fit for the star Wars universe than uh-huh. trying to put together a $200 million film every two years or three years in order to tell a story and through different people's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's hurt this the most is you went from JJ Abrams who had an idea to Ryan Johnson, who didn't really want to follow that idea back to JJ Abrams who had stepped in for somebody else with not a whole lot of time and then tried to course correct back to his original idea. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, fuck it. We got to show the Knights of Ren, which was. Which was another cameo. Yeah. Like they've, these guys have been built up. Do you know any more about them no. at the end of the movie than you do in the beginning? No. No. Just that they're tracking these people. Right. And that's all you get. They don't even fight them. There was a scene. There was a an opportunity in the desert, whatever that new desert planet was, mm-hmm. for them to take on Finn and Poe and. Chewbacca and they just kind of are watching and kind of back away. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, I don't know. No. Did you catch the John Williams cameo? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's amazing that survived when they cut out all the other stuff. Yeah. Well, it's a gimmick. Uh, yeah. Isn't it? And again, like like you talk Star Wars, the two best things about this movie are the music and the visual effects. Mhm. Everything else in between is kind of meh. Like I don't know. Again, I'm I really wanted to like this movie. Uh-huh. And I just don't think it was there. All right. And that makes me sad. I mean, I'm happy that it's it's over. And that Mm -hmm. Disney can move on from this and maybe put it in the hands of somebody else that can do better. Another Favreau? Favreau or Dave Filoni. I think he's really stepped Mm up and shown that he knows what people want and is able to take a single character and make it a, a viral force on the internet. Mm-hmm. in the form of baby Yoda. And it's like, that's the people that you need to be stepping back and saying, Hey, why don't you take a shot at these movies just to see what he, they can do? Mm-hmm. I'm sure Favreau would step in and produce one or, or shoot one or whatever. I mean, he took, Oh, sure. Favreau was able to take like a second tier superhero and turn him mm-hmm. into like the biggest thing ever. Right. So, yeah, let's let's hand it over to him. Let's hand it over to the Russos. Like, let's see what they would do with a Star Wars film. Like, I, I'm interested to find out what Kevin Feige is going to do because now mm-hmm. that like, um, although they're saying that he might be involved with that new TV show, 
Um, I forget what it's called. It's about a, a doctor or something. Ah, oh, fuck. I can't remember what it is. Um, but I guess it's like the fringes of like the Jedi expanded universe or the mm. Star Wars expanded universe or something. Okay. Um, but Disney did announce and Lucasfilm did announce that they're stepping away from trilogies. Mm-hmm. That they're going to just do single films and that if those films are popular enough, they will make sequels. And right. s- instead of trying to shoulder um, trilogies right off the bat, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Because Star Wars, the original Star Wars was never meant to be a trilogy. Like Lucas thought he was only going to get one shot at that. Right. And that's why you get like they blow up the Death Star and yeah, they leave the big bad guy, but that was a trope of um, the 30 serials. Mm-hmm. So you just get that as, you know, he could, he could come back in a future story. And then it was so big that people were like, well, yeah, you're going to get a sequel. Mm-hmm. And that's when he was like, well, could we get two sequels? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I will say I was brought to tears when Chewbacca finds out about Leia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to to get emotional over this. Like, you knew going into Endgame that people weren't going to make it out and that it was probably going to be sad at the end. But right. at, at this, I was like, well, you know, they're either going to somehow make Leia survive through cutscenes, or um, you're going to get her dying at some point and her death wasn't really sad. I was like, Oh, okay. She gave up her yeah, life force it, for Kylo. Cause I guess all the Jedi do that now. Apparently. Uh, so I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. And then Chewbacca comes back and falls to the ground and is howling. And I, it just, the only way that could have been more emotional for me is if it, if it had been Peter Mayhew. Oh, sure. If if it had been him in the suit doing it, I would have been a complete wreck. Because mm-hmm. all his friends are gone, blah, blah, blah. But that was like the most emotional part for me. Okay. I didn't I didn't cry when Ray died and then was brought back, or then Kylo died. And apparently, according to the people in the know, he doesn't become a Force ghost. His essence goes and lives in Ray. Oh, if, so now they're whole. Yes. Do they explain that? No. Not at all. No. <laughs> You're supposed to infer that, I guess. But it's just not explained well. Yeah. There's there's so much emphasis on action and having multiple lightsaber fights and and making you feel like it doesn't slow down for two and a half hours, that there's no character development and there's no time to do that. When in reality, if you look at the show like Mandalorian in a 37 minute episode where there's maybe 10 lines of dialogue, they there's tons of um, character development through looks and helmet nods and Mm -hmm. like nonverbal communication. And it's like, why can't you do that in a two and a half hour film? Right. I don't know. There's the leaps in logic. Just have me scratching my head in some of this. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you feel, okay, here's a question that I saw on the internet. Do you feel that by bringing Palpatine back, it totally negates Anakin's sacrifice in Return of the Jedi. Um, most definitely. Okay. Do you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The whole point of him sacrificing his himself for Luke and turning back to the light was to get rid of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And because Palpatine was hurting his son, and right, he comes to the conclusion of like. 
what am I doing? This is my son. He's, he's killing him. He's calling out for me. I need to do something. And right. I think bringing him back and the whole trope of like, I survived and I've been pulling the strings the whole time just spits in the face of everything that return of the Jedi kind of set out to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, yeah, I don't know. Wow. Well, two opposing sides. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, I I still say I was satisfied by it. Okay. I thought and- it was fun. It was enjoyable. I didn't go in with the intention of looking for the plot holes and having all these questions. It was like, this is the end of a 30 plus year journey for me. Right. I saw star Wars in 1977 when I was 12 years old, do the math. So that's, (laughs) that's, that's 42 years, John, just so you know. (laughs) Oh, see when you get old. Yes. Because I was three the first time I saw it in 1977, and I, uh, I'm i 45 now. So, Wow. So anyway, <laughs> it was a good ending for me. Okay. It's like, okay, I got to see my favorite characters. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the ride. Okay. And uh, that's kind of it. Okay. All right. Well, and I'm I'm happy that people like this one. Like, I don't uh-huh. think this is going to be as divisive as The Last Jedi. Okay. Um, there seems to be a lot of people that have trouble with this movie, like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that there is a satisfactory ending for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do... The things that I do like about this film, I do like... I liked... Um, Kylo Ren's arc in this. Uh huh. Um, I liked him coming back at the end after having thrown his um, lightsaber away, knowing that all he's got is a blaster and mm-hmm. he's going to do whatever he can to help Ray. Right. Like he has, he is one of the few people in this series that has an arc. And, oh, definitely. And it's done pretty well in this movie. And that's mm-hmm. that's a character that I really didn't care for in the other two films. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't either. I felt that he was a whiny kid in the in the other two, and in this one I felt like they finally did him some justice. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked going back to the Lars homestead at the end. Okay. And that it was, like, filled with sand and, like even though I don't really understand the burying the lightsabers with the force thing or, yeah. or Ray taking the Skywalker name mm-hmm. because I think when that old woman showed up and said, who are you? And she says, Ray, and she says, Ray, who I think that even if you don't want to associate yourself with Palpatine, she should have just been like, that's it. Just Ray. Like she tells the kid in the sure. beginning. Yeah. She's her own person. She's doing her own thing. She doesn't have to be mm-hmm. connected with anybody else. Yeah. Um I liked the the light speed skipping thing that they were doing, even though it kind of goes against what Han Solo said in um A New Hope. Right. Where like it need, you need precise calculations or else you're going to like die. Um I did I did enjoy that. Um I really didn't like the C-3PO stuff. Okay. I felt like he was too comical and too much of a ham. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, but I loved, I, I like seeing Lando again. I liked them bringing the fleet, which kind of gave me goosebumps. Yeah. To see yeah. all them like jump in and, the ghost was there and like you could see ships in the background that from all different versions of star Wars, like that kind of stuff. I loved, um, a lot of the stuff that I liked was spoiled in the trailers though. Hmm. With very few exceptions. I was hoping that 
the dark ray was going to have something a little more substantial. Oh, instead of just like a like like a weird mental lightsaber duel. <laughs> yeah. And then like she hisses at herself. And she's got like, like sharp teeth. teeth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what the hell? So you turn when you turn to the dark side, I guess you get those weird fucked up eyes and pointy teeth. Sure. That must be it. <laughs> well, cuz the pointy teeth need, need to match the pointy throne thing. Uh, the Iron Throne, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing. Okay, so, so when at the end, when Palpatine says, "Um, all the Sith live in me," mm-hmm. and Ray says, "And all the Jedi live in me," did it flash at all to Endgame for you? Oh, of course. With I am inevitable. I am Iron Man. Yeah. Like yes. I was like. I don't know when they shot this, but this feels like, like they were comparing notes at some point. Uh, sure. <laughs> hey, how are you going to fix this? Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't understand who all the people in the stands were. They were Sith, I guess. But there's only two Sith at any given time. Well, they're the, the, the cultists or whatever they're hinting at. Oh, is that what that's who they're supposed to be? Yeah, I mean, because okay. there's got to be some somebody living on this planet, not just the Emperor. Well, I knew he had his cronies that were, like, working in the vat section with the Snokes and whoever right. was there. But, like, that was a lot of people to be living on this thing. And I didn't know if those were all supposed to be all the dead Sith. I which, I don't know because they were all very similar. Sith couldn't can't be force ghosts apparently, but it'd be Sith ghosts. But you're right, and they they're all supposed to be in Palpatine, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then all the Jedi are all in Ray. I mean, is that a that's like a new thing, right? Because like yes, when the Jedi yes. were at their full strength, there wasn't like everybody living in all those Jedi. Right. They were just using the Force. And it seems to redefine what the force is because now you're saying that, that Kylo and Ray are two halves of a single force being. Right. And how did that happen? But the force is midi-chlorians supposedly. Is it? Or was the emperor lying? see I don't know see (laughs) I think you're getting too deep into it (sighs) I guess I just want answers to obvious questions that they're throwing out there yeah like so uh, I don't know if you don't have HBO right I do not okay so they just finished a Watchmen TV show Mm mm-hmm there and it was done by Damon Lindelof, the the guy who wrote most of Lost. Lost, yep. Which everybody knows you didn't like. Correct. Going last episode, I didn't like. Going into the final episode of Watchmen, mm-hmm. there was a crazy amount of things that they had to cover. They answered every single question in forty five minutes, okay. in a satisfying way. Where I was like, holy shit, they were actually able to give a resolution to this story in a way where I'm completely satisfied. I don't have any other questions. Everything that they've brought up within the last eight hours of television is answered. Mm-hmm. Why can't other people do that? Okay. It really, like, like if it comes out on disc or whatever, I would... I would totally look into seeing if you can find it because it's really, really well done. Okay. You you don't really have to be a fan of the movie to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it's, it's exceptional television and it's like, if you can answer your questions there, you're introducing things into star Wars canon that goes against everything that has been established. Right. And you're asking people to accept that and not answer any of those questions. 
and that I don't know. Yeah, but that's kind of what J.J. Abrams does. Yeah, I know. So I, I I don't I don't know why we would expect something different because that's really the way he operates. Well, I guess because it's Star Wars and it's a major property, and like you would think that Lucasfilm, who has been very adamant about stories going the way that they want them to go, mm-hmm. to step in and be like, well, this isn't really canon, because there is a a group of people who are supposed to be um, consulted for any Star Wars project about myth and like story and how things you're doing are supposed to fit into the greater narrative. And it doesn't seem like they were consulted at all. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I would like to see... I would like to know what George's real intent with these movies was. Well, I don't know that he knew. <laughs> he had an idea. I mean, he gave them all treatments. Well, yeah. He had a story. Threw, we threw them away. Yeah, well. <sighs> I want to do a speaking tour of, like, this is what my version of 7, 8, and 9 would have been. Mm. I think that'd be awesome. Right. So I know you're not caught up on the Mandalorian. Um, I'm not. I I I watched the the Ming Na Men Ming Na Wen episode. I'm like, it's another fucking cameo. <laughs> you're building up that she's going to be this new badass character, and she's dead in 30 minutes. <laughs> so did you see the one after that with Amy Sedaris? Oh, is that the same one? That's the same one. Did, oh, it's it's. I did watch the second one. But would refresh. Oh, he meets the kid. No, that was that one. No, so there is a, there is an episode after that where he gets hired to do a job with a bunch of other mercenaries. Yes, on the spaceship. Yes, and they. Yes. That might have been my favorite episode so far. Okay. Um, I liked the fan service of the one before that, where they go back to Tatooine. Yeah. And they go into the cantina mm-hmm. and the dude's sitting in the seat where Han Solo yes. kills Greedo. Like I lo- I huh? loved all that. Um yes, I think the Ming Na Wen thing was like it but that seems to be a lot with this they are introducing characters that then go away pretty quickly and you're like, but they're on the poster. Um but one of the things that I was reading that I thought was interesting was the way that they're filming um, these episodes is with a thing called the Unreal Engine, which is a gaming yes. thing. Uh-huh. So they've come out with new technology where they're standing in front of giant LED screens and the Unreal Engine is in real time creating these backgrounds. Right. So, for instance, when they're hiring the Mandalorian to go on this mission and he's standing in the hangar bay of this space port, um, everything behind the actors is being created in real time with the Unreal Engine. So it's all in camera, which is why it okay. looks so good. Um, and that technology allows them to do things like what it could possibly be my favorite shot in any star Wars property is the shot where the, the bald headed mercenary is standing in the hallway and the lights are flashing. Mm -hmm. And every time the lights flash, the Mandalorian appears and disappears behind him as he's walking up to him. Right. It is one of the coolest shots I've ever seen. And the way they did that was they filmed the Mandalorian walking down the hallway and then they filmed the empty hallway Mm -hmm. and then they cut him out of the appropriate sections and then they just played that footage behind the other actor. And because it's so high quality LED screens behind him, you can't tell the difference. And then they just flip the camera around and the Mandalorian is there behind him for the end shot. 
it's so well done. I love everything about this show. The the one that you haven't seen yet is really good too. And um, yeah, I'm really upset that I have to wait a week to see the finale. I'm going to be very sad when this is yes. over. Oh, totally, totally going to have a big old gap in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with this show. It's everything that Star Wars should be. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's because you have two guys in charge that are huge fans and actually care enough to when they're going back to locations are like matching um, set pieces and like the recreation of the cantina is almost flawless. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm yeah, spot on super stoked about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. Do you, who do you think is the guy or the person that kneels down next to Ming-Na Wen at the very end of that Tatooine episode? The woman? So. Is that what you mean? The old woman? No. That at the end of the episode, uh, Ming-Na Wen is laying on the ground. Oh, the end of the episode. Yes. Yes. Who do you think that is? I'm really not sure yet. So there's a lot of people who think that is really not sure. The main bad guy who you'll meet in the next episode, the one that you haven't seen, but there is a group of people who feel that that is Boba Fett. Really? Yeah. So people are saying because there's the sound of spurs, which is, um, they worked into Boba Fett's sound in Empire Strikes Back. And there's also a digital noise thing that yeah. anytime you see Boba Fett, you hear. So they're thinking that that's Boba Fett. And I was like, oh, I don't know if they really need to bring Boba Fett back. Um, it, that would be weird for the final, um, final episode of the whole series until <laughs> season two that they would see. I don't see any reason to bring him back. No. And, and a lot of it is people are like, it's Tatooine. That's the last place you ever saw him. He's, he doesn't have the same armor on because it was partially digested and there's all this other shit. But they feel like... I guess it would be a good foil for the Mandalorian, I guess. But I don't, I don't see it. I think that they need to make it kind of his own thing. You know, just leave it alone. Don't bring Boba Fett back. Yeah, I I don't see any reason to bring that character back at this point. No. Now, did you see the big Star Wars Skywalker Saga box set that's coming out next year? No. It's apparently only available Best Buy. <laughs> it is 27 discs. Why? Uh, 329.99 that's why three each of the nine movies has one disc for the film and then three bonus discs <sighs> and it's not definitive because it doesn't include rogue one doesn't include solo is not going to include any um <sighs> restorations of the film Okay. You know, to get back to the point where you're seeing the original 1977 release of Star Wars, you're not seeing um, 
um, the Greedo sequence. You're still seeing the mats, the mats around the starships and stuff in the space scenes. So there, I think it would be interesting to have that. I would, I would be happy with with a, a release of nothing but but um, cut scenes, right, for each film. So, so I did find a way. Um, so there is a, there is such a thing as there was a project done by a bunch of people called the, um, despecialized project Mm -hmm. where they have painstakingly gone in and through 35 millimeter prints of the film through, um, I think the base of it is the Blu-ray. They've gone in and changed back everything that has been changed in order for the first three movies to appear as they did in um, the theater. And if you know where to look on the internet, you can download those. And I may or may not have done that. And I may or may not have watched them all recently. Uh Uh-huh. And it is my childhood. It's everything that I want to see, and it's in HD quality. Mhm. And I, you know, if you want those, I next time I see you, I can you know, possibly give them to you. That would be wonderful possibly oh. to receive those. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to look online, they're called the the despecialized edition and it's it's from a guy called Harmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has put together these three films in really decent quality. It's not like crappy VHS transfers. It's, you know, it's really, really well done. And they're in like 720p, so they're HD. Um, it is, it is something else. So there is a way to see that. And I got to think that unless the other um all the other inclusive things uh, the other discs unless it's stuff that I haven't seen before mhm I don't know if I'd ever really want to like pay money for that right yeah you're just rehashing the same stuff that I've already spent for you know five times five six seven versions of yeah exactly so yeah and that, like, if you just care about the movies, they're all on Disney Plus. You have to deal with the McClunky situation, but other than that, exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, 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 I firmly believe that this was just the right time to say goodbye. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, it's going to be a 4K set. Yes. So if you don't have them in 4K, you know. Then you're going to have to buy them again. Yeah. Yeah. And people will. (laughs) Because that's how it works. I mean, there are those fans that will blindly like it and buy it just because it's Star Wars. And then there's the more discriminating fans like us that will look at that and be like, it's nothing new. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about, oh, one of the inclusions is Empire of Dreams. Well, that's on Disney Plus. Right. Like, um, yeah, I don't really see a need. Unless the special features are off the chart, but. Right. You know, it's the only place you're going to get to see the Star Wars holiday special or. Oh, exactly. You know, they do like a 4K restoration of that. Which would be amazing. See B. Arthur in full HD and 4K. Uh, that'd be incredible <laughs> if they restored that. Some of Harvey Corman's best work. That's right. Yeah. Can you see. um Lumpy 
in full 4K HD? Lumpy, itchy, mala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and it's funny. There's a um, a theater up in, I think it's in Tennessee, where a friend of mine had moved to after working where we worked for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually doing a live stage version of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Nice. And he was playing the Art Carney character. <laughs> so it's like, oh, please tell me somebody boot like that. <laughs> uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> All right. I think I bitched enough for this this year. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Unless you got anything else. Uh, no, I think that's more than enough. Okay. All right. So again, we're probably, we probably won't be back until after the new year. That's right. Um, I'm not really sure when, maybe the second week or third week. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Okay. Um, so in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us at YouTube. Twitter, Facebook, let us know you're listening. And we hope everybody has a great Christmas and New Year's and holidays. And until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>